Welcome to Truth Matters with Terry McCarthy. It's Friday. Yay! And I'm so excited to be able to do this podcast. And I'm going to ask you to please listen to this whole podcast. It's really important as followers of Jesus that we know who are the movers and shakers in our Christian world. It's important that we understand who are those gatekeepers because what they believe and what they teach has a tremendous impact on the church and our nation. And you might think, hey, I don't care about that. And you put in a blank. I don't care about critical theory. I don't care about that Tim Keller guy. Just whatever it is, fill in that blank. But the harsh reality is that thing cares about you and your complacency gives it room to grow. Just like a dark, nasty mold in a wet, nasty closet. Edmund Burke said, The only thing necessary for triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. And there's an evil at our doorstep and closing the door and locking it doesn't keep that evil at bay. We've got to learn the terms, people, whether it's critical race theory, democratic socialism, or good old-fashioned Marxism. They're back, and they are out to destroy our lives. So yes, it does matter to me when one of the most prominent Christian preachers, writers, and teachers quotes Karl Marx and touts Marxist ideology. It's a big stinking deal. Remember when the prosperity gospel was big in America and then the whole world? It was a heresy. And yet when people started questioning it and pointing it out and that it had theological errors, they were just brushed off and labeled as critical and negative and, oh, you're just a witch hunter. But eventually we did see the error of that teaching. And that teaching, by the way, had just enough truth in it to sell it big time here and abroad. Well, the same thing is happening with critical theory and all of this political uh, correctness and all of these social justice warriors or whatever baloney you want to call it. And to my sweet and loving friend Carol, don't say that it doesn't affect you because when you are a Southern Baptist, it affects you. Southern Baptists were called upon to have Reconciliation Sunday, February 9th. Reconciliation Sunday was nothing but social justice warrior propaganda. It's in every denomination. It's in every non-denomination. And it's killing us. And if you're not afraid, then you've got your head in the sand. Because these folks are indoctrinating an entire generation. An entire generation who will vote for Bernie Sanders. And Bernie Sanders will be the death to the American dream. Socialism will be the death of America. And if you don't think this has everything to do with your Christian walk, you're sadly mistaken. One of the things that social justice warriors and Tim Keller and critical theory folk are trying to tell us that that Jesus, Jesus just came for the poor. No! Jesus did not just come for the poor. And Jesus did not just identify with the marginalized. And Jesus did not care about the oppressed more than the oppressor. Jesus did not come for the immigrant. Jesus came for all. 
Jesus came for everyone. Jesus came for whosoever will. Rich, poor, black, white, male, female. Jesus came and died on that cross for our sins. For all of us. He rose from the dead and is seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us. That is truth. And anything preached other than that is false doctrine. Jesus doesn't tell us to give all that we have to the poor. And quoting that one story about the rich young ruler misses the whole point of the parable. Jesus is saying to the rich young ruler, go sell everything that you have. Give away everything that you have. And come follow me. Because Jesus was using that as a litmus test of that man's affections and his uh, connection to wealth. Jesus always preached against the love of money being the root of all evil. Not money itself. Oh, I cannot tell you the importance of us knowing that Jesus said the poor will always be among us. Charity and giving is a part of Christian faith. It comes as an act of love and obedience to Jesus Christ. And socialism and socialistic governments take that out of the hands of the church. And they become the great economic levelers so that we all have nothing equally. And this is not a New Testament principle. And oddly oddly enough, that is not a good governing principle. So if you think you can just attend your Sunday school class and hang out with your Christian friends and that this, none of this will have an impact on you, you are completely and utterly wrong. Let me tell you what a hot bed of controversy this is. 30 days ago, I posted a blog about Beth Moore that was based on my personal experience with Beth during college when we went there to get, we went to college together in San Marcos. I've always struggled with Beth Moore, but recently her misapplication of scripture referencing illegal immigration, coupled with her harsh criticism of President Trump joining the Me Too movement and pro-all life, as well as her elitist attitude toward anyone who doesn't agree with her, I felt compelled to write a blog and went point by point clarifying my beef with Beth. Now, I've had this blog for 10 years. And it was primarily a site for me to tell stories, express a few opinions, and occasionally present a devotional or two. But I didn't know how things were going to change on January 28th. In the past 30 days, I've received over 14,000 views on that blog. And not just the Beth Moore blog, but each piece since I've posted since January 28th. I was shocked, and I still am rather in a daze, by this huge amount of traffic. Okay, now, let's be honest. In blog land, uh, my, my son-in-law has his own web tech business and his blogs get like 100,000 views a month. So in blog land, this is an, an incredible amount of traffic. But for me personally, it is. This past Sunday, I posted a blog about Tim Keller based on three books, Reason for God, Generous Justice, and Every Endeavor. Now, please hang in there. It was a hard blog to write because Daryl and I have always admired and respected Tim Keller. I mean, who wouldn't, right? But in his writing and in his preaching, I've noticed some common themes in the past few years that weren't ringing true with me. I followed him on Twitter, and he often calls out the church for sins I personally don't see happening. And he's deafeningly silent when it comes to 
abortion. You know, the things that I think really matter. Last week, Keller tweeted, Christians should look at the energized and emboldened white nationalism movement and at its fascist slogans and condemn it, full stop. What what Christian doesn't condemn white nationalism and fascism? I don't know of any Christian that says, oh, that's, those are good ideas. I support that. Later, he said, it's absolutely crucial to speak up about the biblical teaching on racism. Not just now, but routinely and regularly. And then the comments about illegal immigrants assured me that I had to write a blog about Tim Keller. Now, I didn't get one single negative comment or pushback about Beth Moore. In fact, out of the 14,000 people that read that, those that commented or gave me a thumbs up, was it was almost 100%. But Tim Keller is a different story. So I got some pushback from a young pastor in Holden, Missouri, and he said, you know, I love Tim Keller. I've learned a lot from Tim Keller. And I said, yeah, but what do you think that about his quoting Karl Marx? I mean, isn't that wrong? No, not really. I mean, he made some good points. I go, okay, let me ask you this. If he was to quote in a positive light Hitler, you know, to make a point the way that he quotes Karl Marx, uh, do you think that would be, be wrong? He responds to me, is it really the same? Have you actually read Marx in order to confirm this? We know enough about Hitler to know he was a monster through and through. But how much do we really know about Marx? One of my pastor friends from the UK hailed socialism as a completely viable New Testament option. I always tell Daryl, I don't judge a nation by how many people are dying to get in. I just, I'm blown away. I'm blown away that we have evangelicals who are pastors that do not believe Tim Keller quoting Marx is wrong. Marx was evil. Marx was the most evil, and I would even say demon-possessed man who has influenced the 19th, the 20th, and the 21st centuries. And I think for the hundred millions of lives lost due to communism and Marxism, we can all point to Marx, Karl Marx, and say he's responsible. And he was an atheist. I mean, why would any Christian author quote Karl Marx in a positive light? Socialism kills nations. The poor are important to us. And as followers of Jesus, we love the poor. And I think giving to the poor has a very practical side. My brother-in-law, Mike, and my sister, Cindy, they live in Oklahoma City and they had their own business. And every day that they were downtown Oklahoma City, they saw the homeless and they saw the poor and they saw people who didn't want to take advantage of uh, homeless shelters or anything the government was offering. But my sister and brother-in-law felt like Jesus was calling them to feed the poor because Jesus said, these are some of the things that we do to show our love for him. We express it through charity. And every week, Cindy and Mike, 
out of their own pocket without any tax deduction went to buy sandwiches at Subway because my brother-in-law said, I'm not feeding people something I myself wouldn't enjoy eating. And every Wednesday, they went and bought 150, 200 sack lunches. They had sandwiches, chips, a cookie, and a bottle of water, and sometimes a piece of fruit. And in a very practical, real way, my brother-in-law and my sister would pass out those meals to the homeless, to the poor, to the marginalized on the streets of Oklahoma City, and would love on them, and speak Jesus' name over them, and pray for them. And a couple of times a year, they take their... <laughs> They would take their uh, little smoky, their little uh, charcoal cooker and set up a barbecue on an empty lot and feed them hamburgers and hot dogs and sit and talk with them and spend time with them. Every winter, they distributed gloves and blankets and socks. And every spring, they made sure people had enough water and things to stay hydrated. You see, it's the charity aspect of taking care of the poor. Where we are not depending on the government to take care of us. Or delegating that responsibility to the government. But that we're listening to the words of Jesus. And we're taking Jesus to the poor and the marginalized. The hungry and the homeless. But isn't it so much easier just to say socialism works. Let's adopt a socialist government and let them take care of the rest. We don't delegate, we don't delegate the care to the lousy government systems that can't run anything properly. Anyone able to say they love going to the VA? Or how about the DMV? No. And I think most disturbing to me about this is we as a church are not educating ourselves and listening to what's really being said in these false narratives and going, oh, wait a minute, I can counteract that. I had a 20-something write me this week and said, Terry, thank you so much for those definitions. I try to argue with my friends, but I don't know what things are called. So thank you so much for giving me definitions, and I feel so much better equipped to be able to counteract the arguments of these social justice warriors that is the purpose of grappling and wrestling with these uninteresting terms, these difficult to ingest terms. Because we've got to know what we believe and we've got to know why we believe it and we have to counteract every argument that would try to tell us that racism is alive and that we need to be social justice warriors. Let me just say here, if the United States of America was a racist nation that hated blacks, we could have never gotten Obama elected. We are 62% white nation. And the fact that we had an African-American president, not once, but two terms, says that the whites showed out to vote for him. Racist nations do not elect African-American presidents for two terms. And as far as distribution of wealth and property, if Tim Keller really believed what he preached about financial equity, 
the poor, and the marginalized, then he wouldn't sell his books that have made him over $3 million. He's got a book right now uh, on Amazon for $15, and it's less than 140 pages. He wouldn't sell them. He'd say, here, here's my book. Take it as you have need. Because doesn't the gospel say, doesn't, doesn't Jesus tell his disciples, go and give freely because you have received freely. Hmm. I think that's a gospel principle, isn't it? Well, this is it for today's podcast of Truth Matters with Terry McCarthy. I hope you have a terrific weekend. Be sure and uh, leave a comment. Give me a thumbs up or thumbs down. In podcast land, it's lonely, and I need to know what you're thinking and get some feedback from you. But thanks for joining me today, and I'll see you on Monday on Truth Matters with Terry McCarthy.